Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Welcome to the podcast, Bustle's podcast for radical body positivity, fat acceptance, and visibility for all identities. I'm Marie Southerd Ospina, and I'm here with Whitney Waythor today. Whitney is a dancer, a body positive activist, author of the upcoming memoir, I Do It With The Lights On, and star of TLC's My Big Fat Fabulous Life, which is starting its third season on June 8th. Today, we're going to be discussing Whitney's work in body image activism, what it's like to be on reality TV, her journey with polycystic ovarian syndrome, and navigating weight loss while solidly identifying as a body positive person, as well as everything we can expect from her in the months to come. Thank you so much for joining me, Whitney. You are so welcome. I love a podcast because I can be naked while we do it. (laughs) Always the best. That's That's the best state to be in, if we're being honest. (laughs) So for folks who might not be as familiar with your background, do you want to give listeners a little bit more info on Whitney Waythor's bio? Sure. Um, My life kind of changed rapidly about uh, two and a half years ago. Um, I grew up very thin, uh, had eating disorders, uh, gained over 100 pounds, eventually 200 pounds, was diagnosed with PCOS, uh, lost 100 pounds, gained it all back, and then found my way into um, radical self-love and and body acceptance. When I did that, I put a video online called The Fat Girl Dancing, and Mm -hmm. it went viral. This was I think January of 2014. Um, and then a few months later, um, I was contacted by TLC to do my big fat fabulous life. So <laughs> it's just kind of been a whirlwind since then. And like you said, my book, I do it with the lights on is about to come out. Wow, that is that's a lot. I feel like you really did kind of skyrocket into the limelight. I mean, dan- um, fat girl dancing that first video was 2014. It's only been two years and you're on TV. I'm wondering just what that transition was like and what it was like for all of it to happen so quickly. I think in some ways it was easy and then in other ways it was difficult. Um, I explore this kind of metaphor in my book because we often tell people about body positivity, well, just love yourself, um, just accept yourself, and it's not really that easy. Uh, It's not as easy as just flipping a switch. But um, what I realized was that for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, when I really felt like I was living in the darkness, when I was really um, encumbered with shame and all this stuff, I thought I wasn't progressing. I thought I wasn't doing anything, but that's where the work really happens. And for me, I 
I was lucky enough to just kind of, I mean, literally it felt like one day, um, things just really fell into place, but that doesn't mean that it, you know, there, there wasn't work being done behind the scenes. So in that way, um, I was really comfortable with kind of, you know, all of a sudden self-identifying as fat and then talking about it and all this stuff. But what I was not really prepared for was, um, going from, being basically anonymous. I mean, I was on a, a local radio show here in, in North Carolina, but being, you know, pretty much anonymous to being on international television. Um, my big fat fabulous life airs in every continent except for Antarctica. Uh, <laughs> and so it's that I was not prepared for. And, um, it's a very different experience in the body positive community versus mainstream America. And I think, um, it's great that we're making strides to kind of get it into mainstream, but it's like two completely different groups and how to satisfy them both. And, um, that I think has been one of my most difficult aspects of this whole thing. Yeah. I'm really curious about that because you're obviously hugely connected to so many people in the plus size community and body positive communities online. And I wonder if you've felt really able to balance being that activist with being a very public figure as well. You know, you're, show is going to be appealing to a huge amount of demographics, not all of them are going to be as in tune to the activism behind mm -hmm. body positivity. So how do you kind of hold on to how do you hold on to that side of your of yourself and your mantras and your kind of psyche whilst being on reality TV? Right. Well, I think for a lot of people, I mean, I see, you know, conversations being had about me um, online in the body positive community. And the first thing that I really want to assert is that I'm a lot smarter than I may seem, t seem on TV. <laughs> um, but what people don't understand is that reality TV is still TV. It's still entertainment. Um, and it's such a small portion. I mean, I shoot for uh, 50 to 60 hours a week, and that will get edited down into a 23 or 24 minute episode. So, um, if, you know, in the body positive community, if people make a lot of judgments on me just based on the show, which of course is not something that I can even edit myself, you know, of course I don't, you know, edit, you know, I don't have that privilege. So, um, it's taking a big leap and I feel like every day I'm taking a risk, um, that I have cameras in my life because you never know how something's going to be portrayed or, um, if it will really reflect what you want it to. But for me, I think the gain of getting body positivity, even in a kind of watered down, um, funny or dramatic, you know, family <laughs> dynamic form is still doing so much because I feel like the plus size community, um, is amazing. It's growing, it's flourishing, but we're not seeing it in people's living rooms, you know? No. So with my fat, fabulous life, I have the ability to, to have that in, in living rooms all over the world. And, um, I feel like some members of the body pause community who maybe only know about the show, um, you know, don't really understand, uh, the depth of, uh, my work or my understanding of body positivity or what I really hope to accomplish in life. So I hear that a lot. You know, if I go and travel and do public speaking, which I go to universities all over the country and people usually tell me like, wow, you know, you're, you're, they say, well, you're just the same as you are on TV, but you're a lot smarter. So oh, wow. I, I take, that, take that as a compliment, I suppose. So are there some kind of specific things that you would say people in the body pulse community have deduced about you from the show that that haven't been accurate, like anything, anything kind of anything specific or memorable that you can um, think of? Well, yeah, I would definitely say just the direction of um, weight loss being something that is talked about um, on the show. Uh, that part of it 
I mean, mainstream America, the, the narrative is, you know, fat people lose weight. That's what people think. That's what people see. That's what they want to see. Um, and of course, my life is never going to be a weight loss story. Even if I did lose weight, I wouldn't ever want it to be a weight loss story. So I think people um, see that kind of angle that happens on the show. But it's kind of like, to me, it's real life. Like my, my parents, my family, my friends, my trainers, they're still talking to me about weight loss because that's where most people are in life. Um, we haven't progressed to the point of fat acceptance that, you know, the average person really understands that. So it's still reflecting a reality. Um, I, I just am a lot more radical uh, than I may seem on TV because, you know, there are limitations. This is, you yeah, know. <laughs> ultimately, it's you're not on the show to just discuss your politics. There's, you know, there's more to right. it than that. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, I think we're so conditioned, as you mentioned, to believe that not only fat people should lose weight, but that all of them must want to, that right. I imagine it might be easy for some viewers to tune into your show thinking that what they're about to see is some biggest loser-esque journey, but that's, that's not what it is. And, you know, I'm wondering if you've also come across folks who are almost disappointed that it's, that, you know, that my big fat fabulous life doesn't read as a weight loss show. You know, mainstream America will often say to me, like, so when are you going to lose weight? Well, you haven't lost weight. I'm going to quit watching. Like it's season three. You still haven't (laughs) lost. And I'm like, well, I don't know what show you thought you were watching, but it isn't the biggest loser. And thank the Lord for that. Um, Um, so I definitely do hear that. And I, you know, there's a promo out right now where I think, um, I say in it, you know, I want to be fat and it's just started running like a week ago. And I already see it constantly on every social media that I have. People are like, why would you say that? You know, I thought that you were working on your health or like whatever. And it's so funny because especially this season, I am working on my health, um, my healthy behaviors. Like I have a lot of, uh, problem with, uh, basic self-care. Um, so like feeding myself regularly. And of course I have an eating disorder background, um, getting enough sleep, you know, um, exercising, uh, every single day is something I want for myself. So, um, I haven't mastered all that stuff yet, but to me that is completely separate from what I weigh. Um, and, and it's obvious that a lot of viewers don't know that those two things are not, you know, hitched together. So, yeah, I mean, I, I remember we had a conversation last year I want to say and you at the time you said that you did want to lose weight but it had nothing to do with being unhappy in your in the body that you have and I'm wondering if you can just elaborate a little bit on that for people who are misconstruing your kind of messages and just to clarify Absolutely. Um, I've actually shied away a lot now from saying anything like ever saying the words weight loss because I don't want to do a disservice to uh, the fat acceptance movement and, and what I ultimately believe in. But I think the the angle that I take on it is that there are um, definitely some things that I cannot do in this body. And there are some things that I would like to do. Um, dancing is a great example. Obviously, that's like my biggest passion in life. And my body does hinder me. It, it doesn't hinder me as much as I used to think it did. Um, but But if I'm being totally realistic, you know, I can like I can't tie my shoes right now. Um, You know, I wear slip on shoes because I can't buckle or tie my shoes. And um, that is something that I would like to be able to do. So I feel like those things are like really personal decisions. Um, And I will never pursue weight loss for the sake of weight loss. I'm still trying to, like I said, master my basic self-care, you know, feeding myself well, sleeping, exercising, stuff like that. And if if I could really master all that, take all my PCOS medications, uh, I think there's a real possibility that I may lose some weight. And by some weight, I mean like 30 pounds or something, not like, you know. <laughs> I mean, I've lost enough weight in my life to know how my body works, but, um, I don't want to feel like ostracized or criticized. Um, sometimes even if I just talk about like 
being healthy at all for what that means for me, I'll see criticism about that. And I'm like, okay, like, um, we can be fat and we can still, um, try to be healthy. And I don't mean, you know, we have to eat salads and like want to lose weight or whatever. But if I just say like, you know, I'd really like to exercise every day. Cause that makes me feel good. I've seen in the body positive community community, people react to that negatively. And I don't understand that, <laughs> you know, like, I do suppose, what makes you feel good. yeah, I suppose, I mean, even when you just described it, you said sometimes people get upset when I describe what healthy means to me. And the fact that you put those to me disclaimers on anything that you say about health and comfort and body kind of separates it, at least in my mind, from people who are saying, well, no, like fat is always uncomfortable. Fat is always, you know, for everybody, a negative thing. Like you always make it very personal to yourself. But I imagine it's just... When you spend years of your life, you know, your entire life in a marginalized body, it's hard to kind of separate the people who might want to lose weight or change their lifestyle coming from a place not of hatred for their body or coming from a place that isn't suggesting everyone else should do the same thing because that is the message we we hear so often so I think it's oh sorry no no go for it (laughs) I was just gonna say that's why I've really tried to just not even say those words at all because I don't ever want it to be misconstrued because to be perfectly clear I do want to be fat I do love being fat I love my fat body I I will never be thin um and even if I were to somehow I always put it this way I mean I don't think this is possible for me because of my PCOS but if I were to somehow start dropping weight, like just by doing things that made me feel good, I wouldn't, you know, stay, try to stay fatter just for the sake of staying fat any more than I want to lose weight for the sake of losing weight. Um, I do not support weight loss for the sake of losing weight. I just don't. I mean, I think that if you change behaviors in your life that make you feel good and and that you feel are healthy for you and that happens to result in weight loss, you know, then then that's what that is and that's fine and love your body through all of its changes. But I I do not support really anybody saying um you know, I I just want to I want to look better or whatever. I'm kind of like, "Uh, like to me, that is just never an intention that I could have." Um I just want to make sure that I can tie my shoes. I mean, really. <laughs> I'll be good to go. When I've watched your stuff, you know, you you haven't ever suggested that certain activities are automatically 100% impossible for any fat person. And we have right. even if it's even if it's been difficult at times, we've seen you dancing. We've seen you move, moving your hips in ways I can't even conceptualize doing. We've seen you running a marathon. We've seen you fall in love. We've seen you wear bikinis and yes. you know, I assume that spreading the message that you don't have to lose weight to live a fulfilled active life is quite important to you. Yes, you absolutely don't. I mean, and I and I want to put that message forward. You don't, you can do, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like I always say that you can do anything, you know, right now, live the life that you want right now. Um, but then if someone says to me, Hey, Whitney, can you do a double pirouette? Um, (laughs) well then in that case, the answer is no. And if someone says why it is because I'm too fat, like I am too fat to do a double pirouette actually. Um, I mean, that's, I just feel like that's just being really honest about it. I mean, I'm not, I don't go home and hate myself because I can't do a double pirouette, but, um, that's true in the same way. I feel that there's so much I can do. Um, and so much that I will do and love doing. Um, I think it's just kind of, um, irresponsible though, to say that, you know, my, that being fat doesn't change anything for, for people because it does. There are people even much smaller than me who mm-hmm. find it hard to do certain things that I can do. It's totally personal. It's also, um, it's all very subjective. I mean, there's, yeah. there are thin people who would never be able to do a double pirouette because it also takes a ton of training and you know, it's right. just, yeah. it's, so it's for all me, very I've subjective. Got training. I just have all the fat too. So. <laughs> 
for people who might have only seen a few scenes of your show or or heard about it through the grapevine, what would you say to someone who's or even to someone who's never watched? What is the focus of this show? Um, well, one of my first things is, you know, I have people all the time, well, I, I, on your show, this and that. And my first question is, have you seen it? And usually they say, oh, I saw an episode or they say no. And, um, then I would recommend that you, you watch it number one, because (laughs) you can't have a grasp on it if you've seen one scene or, or whatever. But for me, um, I think my big fat fabulous life is about portraying a fat woman who happens to be me, um, in my real life. Like, And it sucks because in some ways people look at you like you're representing all the big girls in the world or whatever, but I can't possibly do that. No, one person can never represent all experiences. It's just impossible. Yeah, it's a show literally about me. So, in fact, I had someone say to me once where I said something on TV about, like, you know, I if I gain any more weight, it's it's the point of no return because I won't be able to tie my shoe. And this person said to me, well, I weigh more than you. Do you know how I felt when I heard you say that it was the point of no return and you couldn't tie your shoe? And I said – well, but I was talking about me. Like I'm not, I'm not talking about you or or representing you. So you know, people want to make role models and they they want to make um, you know somebody put them up on this pedestal. But I can only, I mean, this is literally a show about me. So I can only be me and kind of you know. I just think that's kind of common sense. But um, I think that it's it's just an honest and authentic look. I hope. I mean, there's stuff coming up in season three that I'm like really nervous about. Um, just having it on TV, like there's some really vulnerable stuff. And, um, there's a, I mean, there's a promo out right now, so I guess I can talk about it. Um, where I actually passed out at a -a dance-a-thon, um, back in January and I've never passed out before, you know, and all the concern trolls and everybody else and this and that about my health. And, um, you know, that's frustrating and that's hard for me. Uh, but it's also just like what really happened to me. So, um, and not that I could, keep it from being on TV anyway, but I have to just go with it. I have to embrace it and um, just kind of be myself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that is all you can do. And, and, you know, I know I see you on social media, like I see you posting stuff that, that is not only body positive, but specifically fat positive and, just hopefully that'll that'll continue to translate. The book was an opportunity for me to explore everything that you never see and have never seen. Um, it's amazing how many people, like diehard fans and everything, like don't have any idea that I had, a, you know, a decade-long history with eating disorders. They don't have any idea that I even have a health condition, you know, like all these things that people don't even know. So really um, talking about those things in the book was so uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Cathartic. It was mm-hmm. cathartic because I finally kind of got to be in control of my own message. Yeah. Um, and I'm not on TV. So that's one, one thing about the book that I think is really valuable for anyone who, um, you know, wants to know what I really think or what really is what real, then <laughs> it'll, it's in the book. <laughs> that's great. And yeah, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about a little bit even more about it like the title is I do it with the lights on and the tagline is and 10 more discoveries on the road to a blissfully shame-free life and I'm just so curious about those discoveries and in general what we can expect like maybe you could tease something for for it Um, well it's a memoir um so and it's funny a lot of people you know I get the people and I'm like ew Whitney why would you write a book called I do it with the lights I'm like we don't want to know about your sex life and I'm like okay there is sex spoiler alert there is sex I'm a 32 year old woman you know but um it's also obviously a metaphor um and 
for me, it was just, it was, it was difficult. Like not only cause I haven't written since I was like in high school, but, um, so it was technically difficult, but also kind of like reliving all that stuff and really kind of digging into it. Like my history, um, starting out, I was very thin, um, and kind of things from childhood, like looking back, I realized that I was indoctrinated into diet culture when I was five years old. As most um, of us are. Yeah. And I don't think that I really knew until I started writing and I wrote about this certain incident that happened in the grocery store with my mother. Um, and then I was like, oh my God, that was the moment. Like I actually know exactly when it happened. Um, and so I kind of just go through my life up until now. And then, um, in the last two chapters, they're written a little bit differently. One is about feminism. And then my favorite chapter is the final chapter, uh, called body positivity does not promote obesity. Um, that's of course the most common criticism that you hear. And it was really awesome to just tackle it. And, uh, you know, without like a character limit and to put the research in there and to just speak really passionately about something that's so important to me. Um, that was awesome. And there is a, a specific guy who I call mm-hmm. my, I call him like my, uh, I do it with the lights on guy. Um, and I talk about like that very specific sexual experience and, um, what that was like for me. And, um, I think that, I think it's relatable. Um, some people that have read it already, I mean, have told me like, you know, yeah, I had this experience. This is just like me. This is just like me. And the overarching theme that I want to put out there is that, it, of course, you know, fat women are going to identify with it. But I really feel that anybody can. And that's the message of no body shame. Um, that's really it, it is fat positive, but it's also just for people. And I think the cool thing about having kind of a global audience with the show is that so many people do come to me who they may not have a problem with their weight at all, but it's something else. Um, and the way that they can kind of draw inspiration or like, um, see themselves in me, even though I'm struggling with something totally different, it's just something that society has told me I'm supposed to be ashamed about. Um, it's amazing, like how you really can connect with so many different people. And I just hope the book is another opportunity to do that way more in depth. Yeah, I think you're doing it at such a wonderful time as well. I mean, Jess Baker's Things No One Will Tell Fat Girls is out, Kelsey Miller's Big Girl, Saray Walker's Dietland. And what I love about books like that is that, yes, these women have a lot of understanding about fat politics and fat positivity and body positivity, but their words can translate to people who don't know anything about those things and just the standard everyday woman who probably dislikes something about her body because that's what she's been taught to do Mm -hmm. so it's exciting that you kind of are going to cater to cater to that woman but also hopefully just people in the community and you know they can see another side of you that they haven't perhaps been able to see on the show or just wherever it may Mm -hmm. be so that's that is very exciting yes and shout out to those ladies I have read well two of the three I've read Jess's book I've read Kelsey's book, um, and they were both amazing. And in fact, I was reading Kelsey's book as I um, had just finished writing uh, my manuscript. And when I read it, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she was so talented. It was so so amazing and made me feel like, uh, you know, I needed to go back and start all over. (laughs) Of course, I didn't have time to. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think that they're they're amazing. Their work is amazing, and exactly what you said. I mean, I think there's a, a kind of a simple um, narrative to follow in my book, but then as it progresses, when you get into the last two chapters, there is more that speaks. Um, I think specifically to people who are in the body pause community, and I'm just hoping, like I'm just picturing so many people opening that book, and you know, getting to say the last chapter and just reading things that they've never heard in their lives. Um, you know, people who are not a part of the, the body pause community. Um, that's what I can't wait for is for someone to just hear that information for the first time and hopefully, hopefully have it change their perspective. Yeah. And I'm sure that will happen. I mean, the reality is that it can, it can start to feel like everybody knows about body pause and fat pause because it's like a buzzword now and you can see it on BuzzFeed and on, you know, every other publication. But most, most people that you just encounter day to day don't know that these things exist and they, you know, they don't know that voices like, like yours exist or let alone that you could, yeah, that you could like write about these things or have, I know, have sex with the lights on if you're fat, like, you know, even if that's a metaphor, it's just, yeah, it's people don't know that. That's exactly it. I mean, that's, uh, you know, like I said, it's like these two juggling these two identities, one in the body pause community and then one in mainstream America. Uh, you know, mainstream America, it, when when they see me saying, oh, I want to be fat, you know, they just lose their sh- They're like, what? <laughs> so it's just, it's so, it's two, com- on the two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. And I feel like I'm stuck in the middle. You know, I'm one thing to these people and another thing to these people. And it's just very um, difficult, yeah. but I'm going to look at myself like a bridge. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm bridging a gap. <laughs> yeah, no, That's for sure. Fun. We We actually have a segment on the show called Words Matter, where we talk about any kind of loaded term specifically as it applies to body image or or to being fat so it it can be fat itself or you know curvy bbw whatever but you've used the word fat so frequently and happily identified as such that i'd love to hear a little bit more about that and just why it's so important to you to use it positively you know, I was just thinking about this the other day. Recently, there's been, um, you know, some visible uh, celebrities, plus size and some not plus size, um, who have been talking about why we don't need labels and how we should all just be what we are. And um, in, in a way, I agree. Like, if we could go back and do life over, I think it would be awesome if we didn't have labels and we were just whatever we are. But the truth is that we do. Um, you know, we have straight sizes, we have plus sizes. And for me, when I hear women a lot of times talking about dropping the label, I can't help but feel like it's still um, ingrained in them that the label is something they don't want to be. Like when Jennifer Lawrence said it should be a crime to call somebody fat or or legal to call somebody fat or whatever. Yeah, she Um, was absolutely operating under the assumption that fat is inherently bad. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, you know, no, if you're going to call me plus size and you're being mean about it, then I'm going to be upset about it. If you're calling me fat and you're being a jerk, like, yeah, I'm upset about it. But um, if the more I say, I don't want to identify that way at all, to me, just the more distance that puts between us and what we really are. And I don't think that we can destigmatize things that way. I think we have to, you know, and I'm not going to tell anyone, I don't feel comfortable making someone call themselves fat or if they're not comfortable with it or whatever. No, We're all I mean, everybody, yeah, everybody has their own timeline for how quickly yeah. or how slowly things like this take. Right. But I just think it's really important um, to, for the destigmatization for us to just own what it is. Um, I don't I don't think we need to go back and unlearn plus size and unlearn the word fat. I think we just need to make fat not a bad thing, make plus size not a bad thing. Um, and so that's that's what's important to me. I, I will definitely never shy away from any of those terms. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100%. It's not it's not the word itself that's bad, and it's not the act of being fat itself that's bad. It's the stigma and the shaming that comes with it and the marginalization that comes with it and the fact that you have to pay twice as much for an airplane seat or be denied <laughs> health care because, you know, of your weight. Like, it's those are the things that are the problem. It's yes. not the word. Oh, you know something else, not to totally derail, but I just realized something else when you said that. Um, the other thing about My Big Fat Fabulous Life that I that – you know, I almost wish I could change, but I can't, is that so much of the conversation is, this is still focused on health, um, health and weight loss and health and health and health and health. And, um, I don't actually really care why I'm fat. You know what I mean? Like I, um, if I had it my way, I wouldn't talk about health all day long because I never want other fat people to think that I'm saying, well, it's okay to be fat only if you're healthy. Um, and I find myself having to defend my own health, um, because I've made it everybody's business, but I just try to be really clear. Like when I can, that I don't care if someone's healthy or not. Um, even if I weren't healthy, it wouldn't matter. I still deserve the same respect. Um, I think that emphasis on health makes it digestible for, you know, mainstream America. So that's, why it's there um but that doesn't mean that I really care do you know what I'm saying yeah no it's not like a requirement that you put onto people before you decide that they're worthy of acceptance absolutely not so I I like to make that clear because I think you know you could get that twisted easily maybe watching the show um and when I say I want to be healthy I just mean uh I want to feel good. I want to be happy. I want to make, when I say I want to be healthy, I'm like, I want to eat three times a day instead of like once, you know, stuff like that. It's funny. I feel like when it comes to health, we, we just, we use that word without even kind of defining what it means ever. And one really good example, I think, when I think of like concern trolling and just people who harp so much on weight, you know, on fat itself being bad. I've read a lot by Linda Bacon, who, you know, is a is a doctor. She's an advocate of health at every size. And she's written a lot about how one of the worst things you can do for your body is weight cycling, you know, going on yeah. a going on a diet, losing the weight, regaining the weight, then going on another diet, losing the weight, right. regaining the weight, and so on and so forth. And, you know, that in and of itself increases in inflammation, which is one of the worst things you can do for your body. Of course, who are the people who have likely yo-yo dieted the most? It's often people of size. And so, yeah, there's, you know, there's correlation, but there's no causation. And we never talk about those things. Yeah. to tackle some of that and um because I lost 100 pounds in eight months so when people tell me like Whitney you can lose weight even after you if you even if you have PCOS I'm like you are literally telling me something that I know more than you could ever possibly know I know I did it like I've been there and I've done that and I gained it back and I really wish that I had never lost that weight to begin with um I absolutely wish that I hadn't um because it just caused me to to gain more and put more stress on my body and make you know make my because with PCOS too um with the insulin resistance it's just really done a disservice to me. I wish I had known then what I know now, which is that I was perfectly fabulous and could have been totally happy at that size. But I didn't know that then. Oh, man. I know. I know we're running out of time. So (laughs) on that kind of sad note, let's switch gears to something positive. Um, You know, we do we do a very weekly segment where we shout out a body pause badass of the week. This is someone who inspires you in any facet of fat acceptance or body positivity and who's been really important in your own journey. So is there anyone you'd like to put the spotlight on? Um, Joni Edelman. Um, she writes for uh, Ravishly. Um, she is 
really amazing. She's been really supportive of me. We've we've kind of gotten a friendship, and she has a really amazing story that you know seems to mirror my own. I feel like that's what we always find out when we we talk to these women. Like, wow, I'm just like you. <laughs> um, and you know, she's also doing a lot of of good work, and I think in the mental health arena. Um, and I have depression, and I've struggled with depression since I was in high school. But um, it's not something that I talk about that often, or. Uh, really even almost remember, you know, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, right, Whitney, like you, you mm-hmm. have a chemical imbalance in your brain. <laughs> like yeah. this, is, this is hard for you. And so I really like, um, kind of the intersection there and, and intersectionality in general. I think she does a really good job of, um, oh, bringing things together and, and into focus and she's great. So that's rad. Thank you. We definitely yeah. need more intersectionality in this world. <laughs> we do. And I try to be really cognizant of that. Like I've heard that as a criticism before and, um, and it's true. It's like, gosh, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm doing the most with my platform that I can do. So that's something I made a commitment to is trying to do better, to be more inclusive. Um, yeah. because I can admit that I've fallen short there. You know, I'm a privileged you know, white girl. Um, and I know that that's why I have a lot of the opportunity that I do. Uh, so I think I have an obligation to help lift other people up. Um, yeah, I think even just recognizing privileges is the first step. You know, a lot of people can never do that or refuse to do that. So I feel like that's, that's definitely part so much about that. So awesome. So if people want to find you, Whitney on social, if they want to check out your show, what's the best course of action? Um, well, the show's on TLC, um, nine, eight central premiering on June 8th. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, which is at Whitney way Thor on Twitter at Whitney way on Facebook, Whitney dot Thor, uh, or facebook.com Whitney dot Thor. Um, and there's like some of my big fat, fabulous life pages and stuff like that. But if you follow me, you'll definitely be set for all things show book and no body shame. Amazing. Thank you so much. This was Thank this was so lovely. Much. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I know some of these things are hard to talk about. So much appreciated. Oh, no, I, it felt like a really good vent session today. <laughs> <laughs> You're naked venting. Love it. Oh, thank you again. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. As always, you can find us on our awesome podcast network, Acast, or subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. And if you have any questions or recommendations for the podcast, please email at thebodcast at bustle.com. Thanks. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the US to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.